0: Johnny and I can actually work together. And we win, Cobra Kai will be out of business. We gotta take things to the next level. Eagles do not respond. They swoop down and take whatever they want. First, you gotta learn how to fly. Come on, we're gonna get sued here. Uh, sue me for what? No, no, no. Tighten that cord. Come on, come on. Our enemies are working together. They are combining their styles to beat us. But there is only one way And the only other person who knows how to teach Cobra Kai Is you Now we're talking (laughs) You miss this, don't you? just want to make sure this time we win to beat the enemy show me wax on wax on face, face. it helps to know the enemy's playbook balance is crucial yeah. man can't stand oh. he can't fight daniel Larusso. Yeah. Does has it really come down to this johnny lawrence playing second fiddle I just want what's best for Miguel and all of your students So now you know what's best for Miguel Circle around things your whole life Wait for problems to show up at your doorstep You cannot strike first with this guy You just don't want to admit There's always been a little Cobra Kai in you Everybody thinks their way is the only way You, my dad, Cobra Kai truth is it doesn't matter which way you fight as long as it works no fighting until the tournament we'll settle this on the mat it's time to step into the future this proposal will revolutionize the tournament by a show of hands god help us all welcome to the 51st annual all valley under Eighteen. Tournament! Hello everyone and welcome to an all new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me ladies and gentlemen and I've been away for a few weeks having to heal mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever else you want to call it, uh, as I prepare for Spider-Man No Way Out, actually titled No Way Home, I get it folks, that is premiering in movie theaters starting Thursday, early afternoon, so it's going to be a it's going to be a long next couple of days for me as I prepare for that I say physically I know I'm only in my 30s but still any physical rest that I can get for my body I know I'm out of shape uh, I promise to get better in the new year I, I've made that a personal goal of mine as I'm sure a lot of people do but I, I really am gonna stick to it I've been very consistent with my last couple of like resolutions and and sticking with them, so I, I, I promise to do better on that and not only for myself, but you know, for my kids and just my family overall. Um, but that's a, that's another topic for another time. Yes, Spider-Man No Way Home is out this week in theaters, and it's going to be um, I believe, the biggest opening of a movie, uh, pre pandemic or not, since Avengers Endgame. And I'm not joking when I say that. Now, there's a lot of people saying, like, there's no way. Well, if you look at all the buzz for this movie, if you look at all of our pre-sales everywhere around the world for the ticket sales for this, like, it's just bonkers. And that's crazy, right, considering we're still in a pandemic. Um, I know we're – it's hard to say it, that we're towards the end of it, but a lot more people are comfortable going out to do stuff now, whether it be, you know, restaurants or sporting events, concerts. You know, whatever. Uh, Even at the movie theaters, we've seen people come back. You know, I I can just point to to Venom that came out in October. Let's go back just two months. And people were swarming the theaters for that. So the appetite for going out to do things in in droves and in in groups and in crowds has not wavered. And the fact that Spider Man has just gained such attention. With all the speculation with what supposedly may or may not happen in this movie, that drives up a lot of curiosity, even from like regular moviegoers who are not like in deep with everything going on with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all the Easter eggs and oh, this means this and this means that. No, there's just a general curiosity. Um, I'm excited for it. I like to poke more fun at the fandoms in the actual movies, though, although I do have my criticisms of them. But when I poke at this stuff, it's more at the fandoms and how ridiculous they are when they go about these movies. But I am generally excited for this movie. Um, now, do I have my expectations tempered? Absolutely. I, I, I do that with any movie that I go into. I don't be like, oh man, it better have this, it better have that. If it doesn't include this storyline or if it doesn't have this character, it means it's a piece of shit and, and, and it should be banned and, you know, whatever, however you may feel. Um, no, I don't go into that because I'm not an idiot. Like, I go with whatever's presented to me story-wise from the directors, the writers, and then I critique off of that, you know, and I, whether I like the movie or not, but I base it off of that, not based on what I think should be in it or what not, or what should not be in the movie, so when it comes to making fun of all that stuff, yes, that's, that's who I poke fun at, but not at the actual, like, the event of a huge movie coming up, um, I was even like this for Avengers Endgame, I was poking fun at everybody that wanted trailers and wanted so much information uh revealed about this movie it's like hey like you're going to go see it anyway just be excited and surprised for it like we barely knew anything going into that movie and everybody came out of it like just with their minds blown and you know satisfaction over a 10 year story that that was completed and and you enjoyed it right like why did you need stuff revealed to you like i that don't i'll never understand that when it comes to fandom i just truly never never will understand that but anyways, it's here this weekend, and now you're probably thinking, "Well, Palace, what are you thinking about box office expectations?" Well, folks, I told you I think this is going to be the biggest opening since Avengers: Endgame. Now, do I think it's going to make as much as Avengers: Endgame opening weekend? No, I do not. That one, I, that record, I think will stand the test of time. So that was that opened at around three hundred and fifty-seven million. Over the span of three days. So I don't think we're ever touching that mark again. And if there is, like, I, I would want someone to guess what that movie is going to be or or try to tell me. I don't think it's going to be this Spider-Man, but I do predict it's going to have the second biggest opening in movie history when it comes to like going to the theaters in the span of three days, right? I'm not talking like overall, like what it's going to make. Um, just based on curiosity. And the hype and the build and the fact that this is the first really big like movie since like end Endgame to have this type of speculation. I'm going to put my prediction out now. I'm predicting 260 million opening weekend for Spider-Man No Way Home. And that would put it at number two right behind Avengers Endgame. Now could I be proven wrong? Absolutely. Would I be thrilled? When it comes to my business, absolutely. That just means everybody's going to come out to see it, and it's just going to make us so much money, and we're going to just generate good business. That's awesome. But, you know, just factoring in everything and reading all the articles leading up to it uh, from business insiders and whatnot, like this is going to be huge. Now, when I left to take a break from my uh, company, a few years ago, because I, I finished out with Avengers Endgame, I worked through that opening weekend of that movie, and then I, I took my hiatus. So I didn't know what the legs were for Avengers Endgame because right, it almost made four hundred million <laughs> in one weekend. Like that's basically what most movies do in their lifetime in the, in the span of their whatever however long they're in the theaters. So I don't know what the legs were for that. Like, did everybody absolutely that wanted to go see this movie? go out that opening weekend and maybe like the next week or two and then it just like fizzled out um this will be my first time experiencing this so what the legs of spider-man um i think it's going to be very front loaded just because nobody wants to get spoiled right like everyone's like oh my god all this curiosity is this going to happen in this movie i'm not going to even go into that because I, i i'm not going in with those expectations i'm going in with the story that's being presented as of the trailer and whatever the synopsis that sony gave us i'm not going into thinking like oh yeah it's a certain someone's gonna be in it no i don't do that not gonna do that at all is it nice to talk about it for a second sure but that's not my cell of this my my cell is to be like what's the continuing story and the fallout from spider-man far from home which was the last spider-man movie now the way that movie ended was peter parker was revealed to the world by, uh, what's his name? I just, I just know him as J.K. Simmons because he's just a phenomenal actor. Uh, Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson or something like that. That's the character. Outed him out at the end of that movie. So the entire world now knows that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. So what's the fallout from that story? And having revisited my movie watch of all of the Spider-Man movies, uh, I just have to flat out say, like, I was wrong about Far From Home. Like, I remember when I came out of it I was like, "Oh, that was a fun little movie." Now nah, the movie's terrible. Uh, aside from a few bright spots, that movie was terrible. So, No Way Home has a lot to live up to in terms of being a good movie, not of the expectations of what people are expecting it to be, but I just think it just needs to be a good movie overall because it came down way massively from what Homecoming was, which I thought was one of the stronger Spider-Man movies in my rankings actually will be unveiled in another episode that's coming up this week on Spider-Man No Way Out week on Palace Off the Top Rope. I'm bringing in some guests and we're going to do a whole episode on our our, on all things favorite of Spider-Man, including like music, the movies ranked, and then we'll get into a little bit of discussion of No Way Home. So you'll get my full rankings on that. But far from home, (laughs) I don't want to spoil exactly where it is, but it's very low on my list. It was a very, very bad film. Uh, when I did my rewatch. And, you know, opinions change. That's the great thing about art, right? It's subjective, and your opinions can change over time. And as you grow as a person, and you... And like someone like me, like I, I like to continuously watch film and, and learn different things. And I always go back and revisit a lot of stuff because I may not feel the same way as I did when I saw it the first time. And that definitely happened with this movie. So, just in terms of that, I'm expecting i'm hoping that this movie at least gets a little better than if it's at least better than far from home that'll be enough for me but i i'm not like oh this has to be the greatest cinematic event ever no like if you go in with that expectation you're gonna get like disappointed every single time so i don't know why people do this to themselves um but with that being said yeah 260 will be my prediction for this weekend's box office um Now, whether, if it does lower than that, then I'll, I'll be really concerned because just the hype for it has been just incredible. Like, again, it's, it's almost at Avengers Endgame type level. So I'm just going based off my own history and what I've seen at work and, and our, our pre-sales and all that. Like, everything's almost, for the most part, almost sold out. But again, it's only for the weekend. And I don't, again, I don't remember what Avengers Endgame was because I left my company, uh, at that time. So I don't know what the legs of that were. So, Maybe everybody that wants to see Spider-Man is going to see it this weekend, and then it'll fizzle out. But the two things it has going for it is, one, it's coming out in Christmas. So Christmas movies usually have longer legs because of everybody's extended holiday, and everyone's out from work and school. So if they enjoy this movie, that's B, right? If the movie's good, people are going to want to go see it on repeat viewings. Um, And point 2B... It's not on a streaming service, so this is this doesn't have like the disadvantage that the Matrix Resurrections is going to have, where it's also going to be streaming on HBO Max when that releases on December twenty second. So, the Matrix may do well opening weekend, and let's say, and I'm going to go see it right in the movie theater or in IMAX if I can. Um, if it ends up being awesome, like I, I may just watch my second and third viewings at home because I do have HBO Max, but I will support it on the big screen. But if I enjoy the hell out of it and it's amazing, I'll probably do my rewatches at home. So that's the disadvantage for that. But for Spider-Man, if you like this movie, or if you went in with some high expectations and you couldn't like take everything in on the first viewing, yeah, you'll go back for a repeat viewing. So that's what Spider-Man has going for it in terms of legs. But if the movie's awful, then it could fizzle out real quickly. And we don't know. And again, I'm not one of those people and I'm not one of these, even with the stuff that I'm super diehard for. I don't think it's already awesome. I talk to a lot of people, and they already think that this movie is awesome. But they haven't seen it yet. So that's why it's hard to have conversations with those people. So um, we'll see how my conversation goes tomorrow because I'm bringing on, like, two diehard uh, Spider-Man fans. I'm going to see if I can get them to be a little bit biased and not total, like, fanboy. And see if I can get, like, like, some real conversation out of them as opposed to, like, just saying, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome uh like give me give me some real thoughts give me some real opinions some real analysis like i i appreciate that more even if you don't like it i i appreciate if you give me reasons why as opposed to ah oh, this just sucks or not nah, or that's just if you tell me that's just awesome like the movie's awesome it's sick it's fire it's lit as the kiddos say if you just say that as opposed to like going in depth as to why you think that or or why you think this works in the movie or, or that doesn't work or whatever like if it's just if it's just black and white for you in terms of your answer to me that that's uninteresting to me i i like i like depth i like context so that looking uh forward to that later this week so huge week here at the palace off the top rope uh little network i got going got the sm football marks also going uh the nfl strong it's uh we're what heading into week 14 or 15 like it's we're, we're nearing the end folks even though it doesn't all end until february with the super bowl but uh, me and Abe will be coming back later this week with another episode. We did our live cast last week on YouTube. I, I thought it went all right. It was a trial run. Um, I don't have the proper like web- webcam or actually the cameras to do like a really functional, like amazing viewing of a live stream. Um, I was doing it off the webcam of my laptop, and my laptop's a little bit dated, so the webcam is not like 4K or anything like that. But I, I got stuff in the works. And I just wanted to get a trial run, a, a testing going, just to see how it, how it went. And, you know, people, people watched it. So, uh, that, that's, that's enough for me. Like I've always said, right? What's my thing? If I can get at least five people to listen into the show or watch the show or however form how I put this out, like if I can get that, like I'll be happy. Like I'm not hard to please. Would I love for thousands and thousands and maybe perhaps millions of people to watch and listen to my show? Absolutely. I think that anybody who does, this type of work and puts out this kind of content, you're hoping that it gets uh, picked up and the right person listens to it and they share it and they share it with their friends and their family and so on and on and on. So of course that would, I would, that would make me even more happier, but you know, I got to look at the silver lining and everything. Like at least I got like a couple people to listen. That's cool. Like, you know, I mean, I know um, (laughs) I'm not the best talker, but uh, yeah, it, it was a trial run and we did a full three hour live cast and, uh, you know, you can give me feedback to me personally or you can comment on my pages and let me know if you did watch that live stream, whether whether you'd like to see more of those or if you'd like to see this show as a visual thing as opposed to it just being a podcast. Uh, but I know I do get feedback on those of you that do listen to this show audio, on audio, you know, while you're doing different things, whether you'd be at the gym or in your car ride or whatever. Um, but I, I appreciate all that feedback, but I'm just going to, I'm going to keep trying different things and, and, you know, you're never a finished product and you're, I'm always trying to evolve and adapt and, you know, YouTube, uh, I'm doing a lot more like reviews on my physical media. So, and I'm getting views on that. So that's awesome. Um, I didn't know there was a, a huge, uh, appetite for stuff like that, especially on YouTube. So I'm going to keep doing that, just growing and doing different things um so yeah along with this show not happening on the regular for the last couple of weeks because you know there hasn't been a lot of movies coming out we had west side story this past weekend which flopped tremendously and i saw that coming a mile away um first of all a i know steven spielberg is one of the greatest filmmakers of our time but it's going to take a lot more than that for his movies to to sell to the mainstream audience uh west side story was a remake of like a classic musical uh but also like we're if you think about it i always think sometimes and and i gotta get out of this it's like i i keep thinking like for example like the 90s i keep thinking like that wasn't long ago and it was it was like 30 years ago right and i do a show right that's that's devoted a spin-off show that's devoted to 90s movies from 30 years ago and i keep thinking that that's not that long ago and it was And you think to something like West Side Story, that was a movie from a very long time ago. I'm not sure on the specific year that the original came out, but you got a lot of, you got a lot of stuff to cater to the younger audience now. And, um, you know, maybe they didn't know about the first West Side Story. So to them, this just looks like a whatever movie. And also there's no stars in it, you know, and to me, if you're going to sell something like that, that's not Marvel or Jurassic Park or Batman or whatever, you need some star power in it. So like if West Side Story had like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise, you know, just some somebody like that, Denzel, whoever, your movie has a better chance of succeeding. So there was like no stars in this, so it had no chance and I knew when I saw it coming out, I was like this movie's going to be dead in the water. It was so that this past weekend at least in my location, I got to get with my other friends and coworkers to see how it did at their buildings, but nationally it only did 10 million, so that goes to show that it probably didn't do well everywhere else. But um we had this same problem with the movie In the Heights earlier this summer, and that one was on also on HBO Max, so that didn't do it any favors, but nobody cared. Nobody came out to see it, and I'm all for like, you know, supporting original movies and movies with like in the heights, like I felt super bad for. It's a it was a movie with a primarily Latino cast, so that sucks in Hollywood trying to you know, give movies to Latinos with an entirely led cast like that. I wish we could see more movies like that. But, you know, it is what it is. And again, that movie didn't have any star power in it. Like, it tried to drive it with the the name of Lin-Manuel uh, is it Miranda, the guy who does uh, Hamilton. And, you know, he did all the music for Encanto and Moana. Um, you know, but you have to have, for movies like that, you have to have some star power or it's not going to work. And going forward, I think that's how it's going to be. So, yeah. But, again, nothing's been going on. So I've been doing that stuff on YouTube, trying out different things. And um, also been watching uh, a little bit of television. So uh, the previous episode, I mentioned that I was probably going to tackle something doing more on television. But I really didn't get to watch all that much. I I was tied up with work and and doing other things. But one show that I have been watching and I've been watching weekly right when it drops at 2 in the morning at my time, is uh, the new Marvel series, Hawkeye. And I'm just going to flat out say that this is the best show that Marvel has put out all year, and that's including the movies. So we've had WandaVision. I liked that one when it started out. It was being creepy and weird and different. And then by by the time we came to the end of it, it's like, oh, it became total MCU, total, like, where i didn't want it to go and it, it ended up going that way so eh, ended up getting kind of like a thumbs down for me then we had the falcon and the winter soldier which that in itself could have been a movie it was stretched out over six episodes but it felt like forever and i just overall i didn't really like that one was there a few bright spots uh yes there was daniel brule coming back as uh zemo was great that was probably the best part of it i like the music in the show because it was the music was done by henry jackman Who did the Captain America movies. And you know how I feel about that music. And the theme song in the main credits of that show. Was actually my number one song on on my Spotify rap. So I'm very proud of myself for making that happen. I thought that song was ridiculously cool. And I will continue to blare it in my car. Or just whenever I want to pump myself up. It's officially been added to my gym playlist. Whenever I get my ass back to the gym. It's on there. So that's going to make me run faster on the treadmill. No doubt about it. Um, so that came and went six episodes and Hawkeye is also six episodes too. Don't worry. I'm getting to Hawkeye. That one was this one's six episodes too, but Hawkeye is like speeding by because it's so entertaining and fun. Falcon and Winter Soldier was just such a drag. And after all that, after all that led up to in the end of that series, it got announced that they were going to make Captain America four, right? And it's going to star, um, uh, gosh, why am I? I'm losing track of, like, actors' names these days. Anthony Mackie, who plays uh, Falcon. And the movie's going to be about him. And they're saying the story's going to be about how he earns the title of Captain America. And I'm like, is, is that what? this is what the fucking show is about. What are we talking about that this is what the movie's going to be about? Then why did not you just do that to begin with? But, you know, whatever. Marvel's going to Marvel and, um, you know, whatever with that then came the more interesting uh more dramatic show loki that one i loved to death i thought tom hiddleston and uh owen wilson were tremendous together uh great character development for the loki character you know he he was always that douchebag like villain but also just like eh you know he's kind of just like the you know the annoying little like brother or that's just around hangs around he's a troublemaker but he's also like eh, he's not the biggest threat in the world but here in this show you got you got to actually like fall you know fall for him right and you actually got to care about him and, and his motivations and he actually had a love interest in the show and you cared about that so i thought they did a really good job with that and i think that's the only one so far that they've announced to have like a season two so i'm very interested to see where that's going to go because they started introducing stuff like of multiple timeline and this and that. Not exactly the multiverse specifically, which is what Spider-Man. That's the other thing about Spider-Man that's going to drive a lot of people to go see it. This is really going to open the door for the multiverse. So that that's the kickstart to that. So that's a whole reason why another reason why I think it's going to make so much money this weekend. Um but back to Loki, yeah, it kind of like starts cracking the door open for that and ends in a cliffhanger and, of course, it's going to come back for Season 2, so I'm going to get to see more of that. I'm excited for that. Then there was the What If series. Eh, I saw the first episode. I liked it. It was like Captain America, but if it were Peggy Carter. But it's a cartoon. I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. And I'm not shitting on cartoons or anything like that. But I don't know. I just didn't go back and finish it. And I've had all this time. And I just and people tell me, oh, go back and watch it. But I'm like, uh eh, I mean, I guess unless it really ties into the MCU. And I've heard that it does. But I don't know i really haven't lost a beat with what's going on so far so i don't know maybe i'll get back to it at some point but not in the near future and then we got the the movies right we had black widow which i thought was a total waste of time and just a total nothing um a couple of bright spots of course uh florence Pugh uh in the movie and part of that world now which i i know she can do a lot more better work than that i don't want to see her tied down to that for the next 10 years of her career because she's such a tremendous actress but it looks like we're probably going to head in that direction anyway even though marvel's not doing contracts anymore or long contracts but i'm sure she's going to be tied to this for like the next decade or to whatever big like event movie that they're going to do next so that was a total nothing shang chi and the legend of the 10 rings i enjoyed it for what it was but as i mentioned on this podcast i have totally not thought about that movie since the first time i saw it and that was like, I just never thought about it. And I fell asleep in that movie for a little while. Didn't lose a beat. Again, it was a lot of the same Marvel stuff, even though for every single Marvel movie, it's like everyone's like, oh, it's it's stuff you've never seen before. But it's, like, literally the same beats. And the entire third act is horrible CGI. And uh, that kind of took me out of it. But overall, for the most part, it was enjoyable but very forgettable because, I mean, I have no thoughts of buying it on home video or rewatching it on Disney+. Plus, So it's kind of just, eh, I got the story of what he was, and that's that. Uh, Whenever he pops up in Avengers 6 or whatever, I guess I'll be like, hey, I know who that guy is. And then we had Eternals that came out last month in November. Whew, total bore fest. Uh, Did not like this movie at all. Uh, I guess some bright spots, but not really. Also very forgettable, maybe more forgettable than Shang-Chi. Maybe I, I remember more of it because just, it was just not that long ago that it came out. I think it's, it's been about a month since it's been out. And, uh, you know, it kind of fizzled out at our theater too. So it's like, eh. And again, th- <laughs> I keep coming up with reasons why Spider-Man's going to do so well. I just think because Marvel's been so like just mediocre this year, even though all the diehard marks are like, yeah, everything's awesome for Marvel. No, be a realistic. This thing has like been so, so subpar. It's so mid as MJF would say, Um, with everything that they've released this year, other than, you know, Loki, um, but on the big screen, everything's been meh. So I think audiences are going to be craving a real like typical, like before end game type of Marvel movie where it's just total fun. A lot of quirks and a lot of color, which Spider-Man does look like a colorful movie, but uh, I mean more than Shang-Chi and freaking Eternals, that's for damn sure. So, I think a lot of people are waiting for the like this is going to be like their palette cleanser for the year like come on just give us the marvel that we all love and give us more like guardians type uh freaking captain america winter soldier civil war iron man that type of those type of movies where they're just freaking fun so that's got another thing going for it so now we come to hawkeye Holy shit this show. This was the one I was least looking forward to when they announced like their little slate. I'm like, "Oh, a show about a hot guy." Like, who gives a rip? I kind of like didn't really give a rip about him in the movies. So, I was like, I'm supposed to devote like six or seven episodes to this to my life to watch this character? Uh, boy was I wrong. But also after the disappointments that were Eternals and Shang-Chi and WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was like, "You know what?" Give me some familiarity, give me some Jeremy Renner. give me him being like self aware and very meta, and that's exactly what this show is. It's back to kind of the form of what made Marvel like cool and fun in the first place. This show is a total blast folks. We're already gonna be heading into episode five of this thing and it feels like this show just started last week like that's how much fun has been going on. haley Steinfeld uh plays Kate bishop she's uh this girl that was like very fond of Hawkeye when she was a kid kind of like a role model type thing so she like went through like the routes of growing up and learning about martial arts and all this stuff and and uh, archery so she's kind of like uh, a Hawkeye in training and you know I'm not going to spoil it because the show's still going on but there's a lot of lethal weapon vibe but this is the true buddy cop show that Falcon and Winter Soldier should have been with with the two opposites right in, in in Bucky and Falcon But we got none of that Got a little bit of it But it, it it didn't fit It didn't mix with whatever that story they were trying to tell The tone was just completely off Here in Hawkeye It's that mixed in with uh, A Christmas story right So basically what the main story is Is that Hawkeye is Drawn out of retirement While he's on vacation with the kids In New York and he happens to have this chance encounter with Kate Bishop that is diving into all these different things in the underworld uh, of what his character was doing in Avengers Endgame. So, for those of you who have seen Avengers Endgame, um, the Hawkeye character was codenamed Ronin, and he was you know doing like all these killings uh, with mof- mob- mafias, and uh, you know triads and gangs and, st- and stuff. So he was doing like a bunch of like evil crap, like while everybody had been snapped away and. He thought he had lost his family. Anyways, if you've seen all that, you know the character of Ronan. So that plays a huge part into what's going on here in Hawkeye. And it all, you know, it all circles back to Kate Bishop and and how she gets involved. And so they're having that little buddy act uh, comedy. And they're also like, he's also like kind of like training, but not training her to be like a successor. But the whole basis of the show is that it's also like a little. It's a Christmas movie. It's like the wife giving uh, Hawkeye like six or seven days to come home, right? Like get your little mission done, but just make sure you're in home to watch the kids unwrap the gifts. So that's basically what the whole show's about. It's like, is Hawkeye going to be able to get home in Christmas? And it's very small. It's low stakes. It's not tying into this like bigger picture, although there has been some reveals that lead to like a larger picture but it's not enough to distract what's going on in the story. And the story is mainly it's it's Hawkeye. It's Jeremy Renner's character of Clint and the character of Kate Bishop played by Haley Steinfeld and their connection and just her understanding of his world. And, and And one of the main things that this show has done and what I really love is that it's showing the aftermath and kind of like consequences physically for someone like Hawkeye because, you know, he's been in all these, you know, altering events you know with everything with Ultron and Thanos and everything that happened in the first Avengers movie and everything that he's done since like he's actually suffering some physical damage which um I guess it's like a little spoiler but just to show that the character is dealing with like hearing loss and that plays into the show and I'm like this is freaking awesome you know because the guy doesn't have any superpowers he ain't a Steve Rogers he ain't Tony Stark hiding behind a metal suit like he isn't Thor the God of Thunder He's just a guy. So when he's into all these battles, like, and loud explosions and lasers and nukes and all these different things, and they're showing the residue of that, and I, I that's really hitting to me, like, as a character, like, making me sympathize with him more, make me, you know, kind of feel sorry for him a little bit with everything that he's gone through. So that show is doing nice little touches to the Hawkeye character. Like, I didn't really see any growth from Falcon or, or Winter Soldier. It was kind of like just the same thing, like, just no consequences, and falcon for the most part is just a regular guy and you never see him hurt or anything like that so it's nice to see that change of pace with the clint played by jeremy renner hawkeye it's nice to see that with him so again it's all in this bubble of a christmas movie um and uh for me like christmas movies are hit or miss so uh it has to hit like the right tone and the right story so a classic you know will he be home will he make it in time you know, people are saying like, that's not what the show is about. Like, if you really look at it, that's what it is. Like, that's why it's only six episodes. Cause this thing's gonna conclude. Um, uh, and I don't wanna predict as, as into what's gonna happen. I'm just enjoying this week for week. It's like, it's must see. Like, I, I, like the other shows, including Loki, I was like, eh, you know what? Like, I'll watch it whenever I get to it. But Hawkeye, it's like, man, I'm waiting for like, that Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning. I'm like, uh, I'm just anticipating. The next episode and this one i would have been glad if it was i would have been happy if it got you know a, just based on what i've seen it's like you know what i would have been okay with like a 10 12 episode series but the fact that it's only six episodes it's not wasting any time it's it's zipping through it's going to where it needs to go and there's only two episodes left and i can't highly recommend it enough and we'll see what happens with spider-man this week but as of right now hawkeye is the best thing that marvel has put out this year and that's saying a lot because they put out a lot of new franchises and new characters and everyone thinks it's all awesome because it's hard to talk fanboys out of, you know, talking unbiasedly about the stuff that they love. But I'm going to go on record. Like Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner, holy shit. Like, you know, I underestimated him in the movies. You know, I underestimated the show. They've, they've proved me wrong. And Haley Steinfeld is great as Kate Bishop. She's, she's a, going to be a fantastic addition to whatever they do with her in the big world picture whether it's young avengers or if she's just the next hawkeye that goes into the main avengers team or whatever uh i'm now i'm kind of invested in that i'm invested in that character so wherever she pops up next after this series i'm going to be like okay cool i want to see what she's up to and again it's doing these little things that made marvel fun in the first place you know focusing more on the character and not like the world ending or the multiverse or or whatever it's just straight up character work there's not that much like special effects like lasers firing like this is just like straight up like mafia guns and you know whatever underground like hell's kitchen type thing hell's kitchen it's a nod to something Uh, maybe maybe not who cares um but hawkeye is a hell of a lot of fun and i'm enjoying it so much and that's the best thing i've been watching on my little break here Uh, As I prepare to give my body and my soul to Spider-Man No Way Home at work for these next uh, couple of weeks leading into Christmas and all that. Um, I've rambled on a little bit. Uh, Let's take a break because I need to talk about the main event of the show. And you heard the trailer at the beginning. Cobra Kai Season 4. That full trailer is out. And it's going to be premiering on Netflix on December 31st. I got my days off requested so that way I can binge watch it with my family. Uh, it, it's almost here and I'm going to talk about that when we come back this is Palace Off the Top Rope we'll see you in just a bit truth is I accidentally brought those dangerous people here <laughs> the world if you're watching wish me luck your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man could really use yourself when you botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man we started getting some visitors they're a danger to our universe Look, there has to be another way Don't do this I have to try What have you done with my machine? Do I know you? Do you want to play games? You're not going to take this away from me Be careful what you wish for, Parker Do it Welcome back to the show, and let's not waste any more time. The new trailer, the final trailer. There's been two, but this is the final before the drop on December 31st, season four of Cobra Kai. And to my, what I've seen of this trailer, I'm just, I don't know. Like for a show like this, it's crazy how they continue to up the ante as far as like getting me like hyped for it. Like, I think season three, um, I'll have to do my rewatch soon. But I thought that just over delivered for a show that had been on hiatus for almost like two years, right? Because of the pandemic and the show switching platforms and, and gaining a, a bigger one in Netflix. Uh, it, it just over delivered in every way. Was it perfect? No, there's some stuff in it that I was like didn't work. But overall, like the season just, I thought like there's no way they can do any better than this and here comes this trailer out for season four which is going to bring back to me one of the greatest movie villains in history even though the movie's not well beloved and that being uh, Thomas Ian Griffith as Terry Silver uh, who was the main antagonist in the Karate Kid part three so it's crazy how these uh, showrunners for Cobra Kai are just blending everything of the Karate Kid movies into canon, including the, the dumper sequels, right? That's how they're, they're, uh, proceeds by many, including Ralph Macho, who doesn't really like the Karate Kid part three, but they're bringing back elements of, elements of it that worked. And that being Terry Silver was probably the best thing about the Karate Kid part three. And why not bring that back and, and see where you could go with that character in, in this series? so it just looks like a lot of good drama a lot of good uh just everything that we've come to love and expect from Cobra Kai if they just keep delivering on that same level I'm not even asking that it tries to do anything crazy or wild in the story just keep it entertaining it's a soap opera right it's that's what it's become it's a nice little soap opera mixed with with drama and comedy like they've they've done a really good mix of everything just continue to build that as long as you push the story forward even though you're bringing back all these little elements of nostalgia but push it forward don't do the exact same thing like in the movies give us that little twist make it a little different so i'm interested i'm interested to see uh how they're going to take the terry silver character here and whether he's just going to be a flat out like straight up villain like john crease or if they're going to give them a little bit more depth and maybe just have you question things a little bit and give you that gray area, which is the best part, I think, of this entire Cobra Kai thing is that we used to just see it as black and white, right? Like Daniel Russo and Miyagi and all that stuff, they're the good ones. And Cobra Kai, John and Lawrence and all that, they're the bad guys and that's that. But no, there's more to it and it's complicated and there's a lot of context. So if they can continue to deliver that in season four, I'm going to be super happy. Again, not expecting huge things. I don't need shockers or uh, a what the hell plot storyline out of nowhere. Like just, just continue what you're doing. These last three seasons, not flawless, but they've been consistent and they've been growing the characters and then they've been moving the story forward. Doesn't have to take giant leaps. You have to do all these wacky things. Just keep it straight. And, uh, and I think they're going to be just fine. Um, I really wish that this was a week to week thing. Um, and, and we're starting to see that a little bit with some shows on some of the platforms where they're releasing their episodes weekly. Like, I think Disney Plus has done a tremendous job as far as like keeping their Marvel shows and their Star Wars shows being weekly. That way you keep the conversation going. Like, imagine if all Hawkeye was dropped at once like we talk about it for maybe a week and then it'd go away um i mentioned television right i mentioned that i watched hawkeye but actually the other the other thing that i watched was season two of saved by the bell on peacock which uh you know for just for critics recommendation is freaking awesome and hilarious the writing is just so top-notch i'm talking like this is like emmy status it should be getting emmy nominations for best writing and comedy Uh, i think they've done a great job but that came out during thanksgiving and i binged it all in one setting actually not within a couple of days but even then like the whole season's out and nobody's really talked about it and you know it's not in the consciousness um so i think uh binging is i think it's kind of becoming uh a thing that maybe might not not completely fizz out fizz out but you know if you're going to want people continue to come back to your, to your platforms, you want the conversation to keep going. Wouldn't you rather your show be talked about for three months as opposed to three weeks and then you move on? Even though I know there's so much content out there now, like me, look at me. I'm not a, uh, a Netflix subscriber for 12 months. I'm about to subscribe back to Netflix simply because of Cobra Kai. And, uh, I didn't have to subscribe the other 11 months. Now, if you kept Cobra Kai, which is probably going to be ten episodes, if you released it weekly for ten weeks, then you have me at least for at least two and a half months as a subscriber to Netflix. So I think that strategy needs to be, re, you know, rethought out a little bit. Um, you know, I have Disney Plus because of my kids, so yeah, that's on year round. So you know, I can watch these shows whenever and talk about them whenever. But Netflix has got a short window with me because once Cobra Kai is done, and I. I imagine I'm going to do some quick rewatches of the four season over and over, uh, within that month time span that I, I, I resubscribe. But then after that, I'm just, okay, cool. I'll see you back for Cobra Kai season five. And, uh, I don't know, but, uh, very excited for season four. I think the only other person as excited as me or two people actually. And, uh, maybe, maybe I'll get that second person to come on and talk about the show. I haven't had them on the show before. And I would love to discuss um, everything Cobra Kai, uh, but specifically season four when that drops on December 31st on Netflix. That's my Christmas this year. That's all I need. Um, let's take one final break. When we come back, I actually saw some movies during this little time span. Not big movies. There are some big stars in these movies, but they're not big, big movies. And I'll talk about those and give you my reviews of them. When we come back, this is Palace Off the Top Rope. What is your name? Stanton Carlisle. Are you a true medium? Yes, I am. What do I want? To be found out, same as everybody else. Can you read minds? Yes, I can, under the right circumstances. We've had our share of snake charmers. We deal with them. If you displease the right people? I've given you a fortune! The world closes in on you very fast. (laughs) <laughs> Nightmare Alley. Rated R. theaters December seventeen. Welcome back to the show. And Nightmare Alley starring Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, and a whole assortment of great uh, actors in this movie will be out in theaters this Friday, but will be completely forgotten about because everybody's going to go see Spider-Man, which is a damn shame because this is a movie that I, I would hope to do well just because I like everybody that's in it. And a perfect example of um you know these aren't like super superstars but people know who bradley cooper is for the most part people know who Kate blanchett is and i think if you had actors like this in west side story i think that movie would have had a little bit of a better chance to make some more money not like a giant chunk i'm not talking like 100 million opening weekend or anything like that but you have actors like that in, in west side story notable actors you could have at least done like 25, $20, 25000000 I think. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think it would have stood a better chance. I don't know. That's just my two cents on that. Anyways, I was back in the theaters to check out a couple of movies. Um, both of them actually are going to be on streamers. That's really the ones that are going to promote these movies. But for some reason, they're getting the theatrical lift first, and I'm all cool with that. But uh, they're not going to make any money at the box office. And it's a damn shame because they've got tremendous actors in it. Let's talk about the first one. Uh, it's called "Don't Look Up." It's the new film from Adam McKay, who's directed movies like Vice and uh, the other guys. He's done for the most part comedies, but he's done like a lot of like more, I should say, serious topics, but also kind of like in a comedic way. Uh, he also did The Big Short, which was about like the uh, the the stock market crash in two thousand eight and all that stuff. Uh, really. Fascinating movie. I need to rewatch that one because I went in and I came out of it like super like confused and not knowing a lot, even though in that movie they explain a lot of the stuff that happens like very in simple terms. But, uh, um, it just went way above my head. And I can admit sometimes where I'm like, huh? what was that? Like, you know, that happened with Tenet where like, um, kind of really didn't understand everything that was going on. So it took me a couple of rewatches. So, so that's the, the kind of movies he's been doing recently, just more like, Stuff on the current like situations in the real world like you know Vice t- uh, tackled uh, the story of Dick Cheney and that whole presidency in the post 9-11 world that we're in and um, this one don't look up uh, tackles I guess climate change and that's like a hot topic whether depending on what side you're on me like I haven't Don't, I'm not really fully informed to like make an opinion on any of that stuff. Uh, I just wanted to watch this movie in terms of entertainment. Can I, can I be made to laugh or just, you know, think about things a little bit? That, that's all I'm really asking for. I'm not really trying to get swayed in either, in either way. But anyways, it's about these two scientists, uh, one played by Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio folks this is a movie with him in it and you know it's it's going to be on Netflix that's where it's going to get the major attention but it's weird that Leonardo DiCaprio is now like in a streaming movie like it's just it's just a completely different world we're in and in any other circumstances in any other year prior to streaming uh, a movie with his name attached to it is a big deal and I'm sure it still is you know whenever you know he does do like that studio movie um But this one's going to be on Netflix. Uh, so, but right now it's in the theaters, yes, but it's not going to get that attention like it would if it were like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Titanic or whatever he's done. Departed, all that stuff. Um, see, so he's in this and he's one of, uh, I guess it's like a co lead movie. This is a movie about, it's about Jennifer Lawrence and DiCaprio co stars, but there's a lot of like high profile like co stars. Meryl Streep's in this, Jonah Hill. Uh, Ariana Grande you know they're mixing all the pop culture into this like the very the Hollywood elite you would say and people are saying like oh are you a conspiracy theorist on on Facebook like no like I mean come on it's it's Hollywood trying to preach us on climate change and this and that I mean come on really like just just be entertaining that's all I ask so this really is a it's a black comedy and it's about them discovering or I think the character of Jennifer Lawrence discovers that there's a, a huge ass comet headed straight for earth all the all the uh math and the trajectory, all that stuff has been calculated. They've discussed it with, I don't know how many different like, you know, advisors and all that stuff. And they've all, they all came to the same conclusion that it's headed directly to earth. And it's going to wipe out everybody. It's going to kill everybody. Um, So they try to go inform uh, the president of the United States played by Meryl Streep. And they kind of really don't take it serious. And uh, I think the take that Meryl Streep does here, she's kind of supposed to be like a, a female version of Donald Trump, and you know she's got her own agendas and own narratives that she wants to spin. So I, I, I mean, I can see all that. How this movie can be very preachy to a lot of people, that may not like it. Me, I just I want it. Is it funny? Is it entertaining? Is it like, does it try to push some thought into it? And it does. But I'm I'm in it mostly because I want to see DiCaprio give a good performance, which he does here. He plays he plays it straight up, but the thing about DiCaprio that I love is that he'll always add little things to his characters to just make it like. Well, how does he? Any other actor would have just played this straight. He's got to add something to it. So he's a guy that deals with a lot of anxiety and panic attacks. So whenever he's dealing with these situations, you like you can't help but feel how he's feeling, and you're like you get uneasy. So that's just the brilliance, and why I think Leonardo DiCaprio is just one of the greatest actors of our time. But anyways that's what the movie's mainly about it's about them trying to inform everybody including like people in the media so there's takes here on like cnn and all that stuff and nobody's taking this threat seriously they're more concerned with you know other stuff that's going on in in the world of pop culture and just you know fake news or whatever uh like they're more concerned with uh so ariana grande is in this movie and she plays like i guess kind of like an exaggerated version of herself um she's given a different name and all that stuff, but she's dealing with like a breakup in this movie and the people in the news media are more concerned with that as opposed to like, they were just given a freaking news that we're about to be killed by this huge comet. Um So it's dealing with a lot of that and it, and it ties into a lot of what's going on in this world right now with division and, and politics and what's real and what's not real. And who do you believe? Do you believe the left? Do you believe the right? So I, me saying all that of course it it comes off as like this movie's very preachy. Um and it is at points, but more is it entertaining? Yes. I think it's a little bit too long. I think it's running at about 2 hours and 20 minutes. They could have cut out a lot of this, but I'm not going to complain too much because I love the actors in this movie. Uh DiCaprio's reunited with Kate Blanchett, who my god is the sexiest woman who I think just ever. Um every time I see her she just gets more and more beautiful as she ages. And here, for some reason, she looks, like, younger. They've somehow made her look younger. And she's coming out in Nightmare Alley. And there she looks more like her age. But here, I mean, she's playing a newswoman or a news analyst, uh, media analyst, I should say, in this movie. And they really, like, made her, like, de-aged, like, ten years. I know they probably didn't use special effects. I'm just – I'm sure that has to do with makeup. But, my God, like – if there's someone that's consistently like where I go watch a movie and she's in it, I'm like, oh, she's so hot. Like, and I, I don't like to be that type of guy where I'm all about the looks. But man, every, Kate G- Blanchett, like, if I could marry her today, I would. Um, she's older than me. I don't care. I know guy, some guys that I know are f- like just, that's weird to them. I'm all about Kate Blanchett, man. But that's enough fawning over her. The movies work, the movie works for me. For the most part, again, a little bit too long. Uh, this is the most I've liked Jennifer Lawrence in a movie in a very long time. Uh, for the most part, I, I can't really remember her in anything other than these last couple of like X Men movies. You know, she had a ceiling where she was going places and then like her real life persona took over and people were kind of turned off by that, including me. Like, um, but she's, she plays a, a likable character here. Again, there's a lot of people that pop up in this movie Timothy Chalamet uh can't remember who else pops up in this movie there's like a bunch of people most most of them are like cameos um mark rylance uh, best supporting actor winner uh, over stallone damn you um he's in this movie plays kind of like a mark zuckerberg slash elon musk type character very creepy he pulls that off really well so in terms of like characters that are like man this guy's just weird rylance pulls that off um yeah uh just a dark comedy like it's it's not one that leaves you like feeling like pretty good about yourself or like just you know wow that was like escapism like because it kind of blended in with stuff that's going on not that like that exact thing that's happening in the movie is gonna happen in the real world but yeah i mean you know it's we're just in weird times and uh again i i I love adam mckay stuff i love the vice but I loved it more because of the way Christian Bale portrayed Dick Cheney. He just transformed, and the story was entertaining enough, despite most of the stuff happening in the movie was based off of real events. I know you could dramatize stuff because it's Hollywood. So I was looking for that same type of thing here in Doe Look Up, and for the most part, it succeeds. Um, again, a little bit more preachy than something like Vice or like The Big Short was. has probably been like the best of his movies. But uh, still, this one, I I recommend it. Again, no one's going to see it in the theater. It's in limited theaters. Even in my company, I think it's only in, like, one of our theaters. So Netflix didn't really give, like, this thing, like, a national, like, amount of screens. uh, Because everyone's going to be able to see it on Netflix starting, I believe, December 24th, which is Christmas Eve. So I wouldn't really recommend that as a Christmas Eve watch. But if you're a DiCaprio fan, you're diehard, yeah, go see it. I mean, if... If that was the only way I could have seen it, yeah, I probably would have watched it day one. But other than that, um, not McKay's best, but again, not not a bad movie. At least in my, again, that's my opinion. So that was my first of my double features that I saw that same night. The second one, which I thought to be the better movie, and this one's going to have awards all over it. Although I don't think, don't look up, I could see DiCaprio getting nominated for like a, a Golden Globe. I don't know about Best Actor for the Oscars. Maybe this thing will be nominated for Best Comedy. I could see that happening for sure. Um, but Beyond the Golden Globes, I'm not sure. That We'll wait and see on that. The next movie, however, truly fantastic. This one is going to be on Amazon Prime, I think, in about two weeks. Or maybe around the same time. Don't Look Up drop. So it might be a, a Christmas Eve drop. It might be a couple of days before. Um, it's called Being the Ricardos. And it stars uh, Javier Bardem and Nicole Kidman in the title role of Lu- in the title in the titular role of uh, playing Lucille Ball, uh, and uh, it's directed by written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. And you know me, I'm a Sorkin nut. I love a chunk of his screenplays. His writing is just top notch and just beyond. What anybody else does like he has a certain style and nobody can match it like for sure. He's got like that fast quip dialogue. You know I talked about the social network that I just got not too far long ago on 4K and that screenplay is just incredible. He's done so many classics like A Few Good Men and The American President. Um, You know he's written for so many great directors uh, but now he's kind of ventured into doing directing and uh, but he's still doing the writing also. So it's kind of like a win-win um his last movie came out last year the trial of the chicago seven i liked it a lot Uh, a lot of people were kind of like hit and miss on it i thought it was tremendous usually everything he does like engages me because his screenplays are so sharp so this this movie reminded me so it's behind the scenes of, of the i love lucy show and between the marriage between her nicole kidman's lucy and uh uh Desi Arnaz played by Javier Bardem and it's about their marriage and the behind the scenes of uh the show uh, but specifically during one week of the show where there was a news story that came out that uh L- Lucy uh that she was a communist there was reports out there that she was a communist and it's like oh man this is going to derail the whole show and uh, it's a nice like little device to put in the movie as far as like creating drama and it does like flashbacks of Lucy and desi's life as they're coming up in the hollywood ranks you know she i didn't I, I don't know much about her her life story in terms of like her career um but she was doing like you know movies and the up and come uh desi arnest was like working in like jazz clubs singing and all that stuff and then how they met and their life together and how they run things on the show so the movie goes through like a whole week of the process on the television show while transitioning into those flashbacks. And again, you add in that Sorkin mix, and it just makes it a, an incredible movie. And it's so like, you know, just your eyes are on the screen because the performances are great because, you know, there's the actors in there are incredible, including J.K. Simmons, who's also in this. In a, I believe he's going to get a Best Supporting nomination. Uh, same thing for Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. Definitely Best Actor, Best Actress. Uh, the Best Actress category this year is going to be incredible like so many great performances uh i haven't seen kristen stewart and spencer yet as she plays princess diana but you know for sure locks are lady gaga and then of course nicole kidman and you know we'll see what else happens uh with a lot of these awards contenders uh, once they announce everything and i'll try to watch everything also but back to being the ricardos uh so it's it's going from a monday through friday and it tells you what day of the week it is and you know they're Doing blocking for the show and rehearsals and you know all these different ideas and how a television show is put together which is incredible it reminded me of uh, this short-lived uh, television drama series drama comedy that was on nbc called studio 60 on the sunset strip that was written by aaron sorkin and it starred uh, matthew perry from friends and bradley whifford from the west wing uh and again it was behind the scenes of a saturday night live type show a comedy, but it would bring in those elements of drama and and just show you all the workings of how to put on a television show and all the process that goes through it. So for somebody that enjoys all of that process, it's the filmmaking process, the, you know, showmaking process, just the whole behind the scenes in general and how much hard work it is. This was like an A plus for me. Like it's, it's well directed too. People give shit to, Aaron Sorkin as a director, but I think he's finally coming to his own here. And if you can continue to do stuff like this, like this is right up his alley, right? He did this with studio 60. So um, it, it gave off those vibes right away. And it's a very underrated show. It's, it's hard to find. I found it on, I found the series DVD set not too long ago, I think in Dallas when I was visiting up there and I was like, I have to buy this. Cause it's hard. It's hard to find. You can't find it on any streamer. Um, but if you're into that kind of thing and you watch being the Ricardo's, I suggest, I recommend going back to watch uh, the Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip if you can find it. And it's got a lot of those same elements. So, again, a lot of it's driven by the screenplay and how everyone, you know, again, Sorkin's dialogue is so sharp that it seems like all the actors are sharp. When real life, like, I doubt anybody has a conversation like that as the way you see it in most of his movies. Like, watch those movies. Or movies that he's written, and you see the way the characters interact. It's like there's no way people talk like this in real life, but it's this is a movie. You can get away with things like that. So, yes, it's awesome. Uh, I think it's going to get nominated for best picture, best actor, best actors, best supporting actor, best screenplay. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go as far as say best director for Aaron Sorkin. Um, that may be a little bit of a stretch, but who knows? It's a it's a weird it's been a weird couple of years right with streaming kind of taking over and a lot of those stuff the the streaming movies starting to take center fold on the oscars you know we're kind of going to have to start re-looking at movies that get nominated for this stuff like we saw it this past year right it was a lot of like unknown stuff and a lot of streamers like i think netflix had the most nominations at this past oscars um so it's just we're we're in a different transitional period right now as far as like where the movies are headed um and again, I saw these on the big screen, right? In a movie theater, like, but they're from actual streamers. Like, it's weird. I, that's just weird to me. And again, it, it, we're at a time now where things are still transitioning. So yes, it's, it's okay to be a little confused as to what, what is an actual, like, movie, movie and all that stuff. That, that, that debate is still going on heavily. Um, because there's movies that have come out on Netflix, and I'm not talking about just the awards contenders, um, where like, they don't feel like real movies to me. Like, for example, uh, and this one just came out, and it had a lot of big stars in it. The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. It's called Red Notice. Had a limited run in our theaters. And, you know, if that was released by Universal or Disney or Sony or whatever, I think, and it got a little bit more marketing, like, hey, see this in theaters, it would have been a huge hit, I think, because Dwayne Dwayne The Rock Johnson is kind of a bankable star at the box office, and so is Ryan Reynolds for the most part, ever since post-Deadpool, like, Everything he's done pretty much almost guarantees a little bit of money at the box office, and Gal Gadot like she's running strong as Wonder Woman, so people know who she is. And it's weird, like it's just it just nobody talked about it, but then it comes out on Netflix, and it's supposedly it's the most viewed thing ever. And but I don't see anybody talking about it anywhere, like in, in my circles or on social media, on my Facebook, I don't see anybody talking about it on Twitter. I follow a lot of the film Twitter people. Uh, that talk about all movies, and nobody talked about Red Notice. So it's, again, it's just a weird time. So I never buy into whatever Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever streaming platform that says, like, oh, this was the most viewed movie in history at 1 billion views or whatever. And it's like, what does that even mean? Like, (laughs) It can mean a, a variety of different things, and nothing's concrete. But with box office receipts, you have concrete on who's going to see this stuff. Weird times we're in. Weird times. But anyways, those are the movies that I saw this past week. And again, on, in any other year before streaming, these movies would probably be a bigger deal. Probably don't look up more than Being the Ricardos. Being the Ricardos is a little bit more on the independent side, but very, very good movie. One of the best of the year. Don't look up. It's entertaining if you take it for what it is and don't buy into the preachiness or or take it as serious. Like, oh my God, this is like... This could be real life or whatever. It's exaggerated. So go into it thinking that just enjoy the actors in it. DiCaprio's great. Blanchett is gorgeous as fuck. Um Jonah Hill uh (laughs) Jonah Hill in that movie, I gotta believe he improved all of his scenes because the way he does he's just the best at this right now in term in movies anyways. Like there's nobody that can top him in in far in as far as ad living goes. So kudos to him on that. Um yeah movies man spider-man this week so we're back to big movies uh this week with that um as i mentioned coming up later this week i got two guests coming on and we're going to talk all things spider-man and everything that's leading up to to no way home coming out on thursday in theaters and then uh i'm going to bring back brandon mclaughlin at some point and we're going to go into a deep dive on Spider-Man No Way Home, the actual movie, and we'll discuss it. Spoilers and all that stuff. So that'll be coming soon after this upcoming week. Um, again, I got the SM football marks for week 15 or 14 or 15 that we're heading into. I don't know. I'm losing track. It's the longest season ever for the NFL. So um, that's going to be going on this week. I've got Paco Torres coming back on. The Matrix Resurrections is also uh, almost about a week away. So we're gonna dive into that. That's one of his fam- favorite film tri- franchises of all time. And I can't wait to revisit those movies and, uh, talk about that as well as the new one coming out. Uh, a lot of stuff to watch and rewatch. And then, uh, I'm gonna conclude my 90s Films Turn 30 series on the year 1991. Uh, I'm capping it off with uh, a special guest for one of my movies that I'm doing. And that's gonna be a super fun episode. And then, yeah, we'll start the new year off strong. Cobra Kai, again, that's what uh, my main focus on this episode was, was the trailer, and that's coming at the end of the month, but I'm sure I'll cover it in January and do full spoilers on it then, and then we can see what's to come in 2022. So, going to finish out with a lot of strong shows, so I'm excited for that, and you can follow this podcast on Spotify, search Palace off the top rope, you can Follow this podcast as I share it through my social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through podbean.com. You can download the app. You can uh, listen on your phone. If you got an iPhone, and Apple, and all that stuff, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave me that five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, also available on Amazon Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, Pandora all these different avenues, however you listen to your podcast. But that's going to do it uh for this episode. That's not going to do it for the week. There's a lot more to come this week, so stay tuned. It's Spider-Man No Way Out Week here on Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you, guys, and God bless you.